three, two, one. Daybreaks and aches. I'll be running when my feet hit the ground. Welcome to From One Mom to Another with Cindy Anderson. I subscribe to the belief that women need women. As a mother of seven, she is versed in all aspects of the triumphs, joys, and challenges of parenting. Tap into your own strengths and trust that you are the best mother your children ever had. And give yourself some credit. Take some time to breathe. You are doing better than you think. Now here's Cindy. You are all doing better than you think. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of From One Mom to Another. I am really excited about today's show. The topic is, hey mom, what's for dinner? And as usual, my daughter Stephanie Taylor is here with us. And I am really happy to welcome my daughter-in-law, Natalie Anderson, who is joining in the discussion. Glad to be here. Natalie is married to my son, Daniel. They have four beautiful children and are the new owners of a collie named Link. For those who have read my book, One Mom to Another, The picture of the sweet mom and her children on the cover is Natalie and her children. This is going to be, I think, a very fun and productive discussion, so let's go ahead and get started. There's a quote that I like by C.S. Lewis, and he says, The sun looks down on nothing half so good as a household laughing together over a meal. And whenever I read that quote, I just picture this family, you know, Norman Rockwell style, sitting around a table, Everybody passing the food politely, all knowing what direction, right, to pass it. Just having wonderful conversation, nobody interrupting anybody. I mean, it's just this ideal setting, right? But in reality, a meal doesn't look like that, right? Like like food is being passed. Like, which way do we pass it? And it's going across the table, to the left, to the right. If you have a large family, the kids just know that when you get a plate of something, you just take what you want. So sometimes the food doesn't even make it around the table. Well, not only do you take what you want, but you keep it by you so that you don't actually have to share it with anybody else. Right. Fight for what you want. There's there's no handing it to the next person. That's that's right. So so I I think we're going to kind of talk about ideal versus, versus reality a little bit. The worst time of a mother's day is when we hear the question, mom, what's for dinner? Uh, Natalie, Stephanie, thoughts? I quite literally two days ago banned that question from my home. (laughs) I was getting it at like noon, like before we even had lunch, I was at like being asked what's for dinner. And I decided I could not deal with the whining and the complaining at one in the afternoon when dinner was (laughs) five or six. Well, do you feel like COVID and quarantine has kind of exacerbated that problem of like what's for the next meal like what's for lunch what's for dinner because we're kind of low on activities and we're not as busy as we used to be so do you feel like you're getting that question like more often and earlier every single like day oh yeah oh for sure I mean it's we're their short order cooks and they're like this is actually pretty great (laughs) like mom basically lives in the kitchen minute she cleans up one meal she's making the next one order up yeah, it, it's an, and it's the excitement of their day, right? Like, ooh, like what's for dinner? And when if I could just like order food or I just show up at a table and food's there, I would be really excited about it too <laughs> or really not excited about it. When what? I'm going behind there like sweating and sautéing things for an hour to be like, no thanks, you know. What, what is your, um, what, what was your kid's reaction when you, when you said no more asking for what's for dinner? 
I'm <laughs> okay, but what's for dinner? Uh, right. <laughs> things. I think confusion was the main thing. They're like, but then how do I know what's for dinner? Right. <laughs> but, but 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 what is really for dinner? Like but, but, yeah. but what? <laughs> but seriously, what are we gonna eat for dinner? <laughs> it's just I, rude. You show up and you say thanks, mom, and that's all you can say. That's, like that's, that was the way it was said. You, that's right. You 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 sit up to the table and you eat it. I ban it as well. The kids would ask me what's for dinner and I would just say food. <laughs> because because what your kids don't understand is that that might be the first time they're asking you what's for dinner. But if you have more than one child, you're getting that question two, three, four, five plus times every right. few hours by the same, you know, like the same well, and, day. And if they would just be excited, right. like when right. I said hot dogs, if they would be like, yay, that's what I woke up hoping we would have that for dinner. They never say that. Exactly. It's not the question that's the heart. It's, it's what comes after the answer is given right. that I'm not emotionally ready for it right. at one in the afternoon. Right. Yeah. I made that mistake. You would think this, this many years into the game, I would have had a few things figured out, but one of my quarantine projects was to buy this little chalkboard with the days of the week on there so that I could put what was for dinner right. each of those days. <laughs> and I thought, well, this will solve all the what's for dinner problems. But I forgot that really key <laughs> component is it's the whining that comes. It doesn't matter how they learn what's for dinner. <laughs> right. It's and and let me tell you, let me tell you something else. Stephen, I don't know if you remember, do you remember, uh, but on the refrigerator, I always put Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I would list the deep, the meals. Yeah. So you would look at that, not you, Stephanie, because you would never complain about dinner, but um, <laughs> I mean, you, but the other children, yeah, they see it and they would complain about it. Or if I changed my mind, like if oh, I didn't have what was right. on that list. Because it looks like blue ink, but really to them, it's like written in blood, like a blood right. taken that, you know, right. Kenny is on Tuesday. Right. You're just never going to get out of that question alive. You just really aren't. Well, I um, really have, when my oldest asks, he is usually pretty pleasantly, you know, like, oh, okay, great. That sounds great. Um, when he first came along, uh, he would like eat curry. He would eat hummus. He was eating like. <laughs> Baba Kanush and I was on my high horse. I was like, all these moms that complain about these kids, give them a hard time. Like my favorite, my first kid's favorite meal is salad. So I'm just winning at motherhood and everyone needs to do what I'm going to do because, or what I'm doing because it's just working. And then I had my daughter who's now seven and she's in the 20th percentile. And her regular question is, mom, is there dessert? And if I say no, she pushes the plate away from her and says, I'll wait till breakfast. Oh my goodness. And go to the <laughs> And what do I do? Because other times I'm like, yes, there's dessert. You need to eat your vegetables if you want dessert, you know? So then she's like, okay, mm -hmm. she'll begrudgingly eat whatever it is I'm serving her. Otherwise it's nope, not worth it. <laughs> I'm oh like, crap, I'm not the best mom ever, it turns out. <laughs> Look at the top of that horse like, huh, it was fun. It all lasted. <laughs> On my face. But so far in my mouth, I'm sorry to every mother in the world <laughs> because no, she's definitely not. And it's, a, and it's a game, that dinner game, that dinner bluffing game is a game they know they kind of just ultimately win because they know that our instinct is to keep them alive. Right. And so like they have all, like, almost all the bargaining like cards in their hand, right? Like you can't starve me. So 
too many nights of not making something that I like isn't right. going to work. Like you have to feed we'll me. Get the point. sustenance I need. Right. So, <laughs> too many yeah. nights in a row. No dessert tonight. That's fine. But I know I'll go cave. Pancakes are going to roll around here pretty quick. You can't be sautéing every night, Mom. I I know your rotation. I know your rotation. Chicken nuggets are right around the corner. I just know it. I'm holding out. Well, that was Eric. Eric was such a picky eater. If it was hamburgers, pizza, or hot dogs, he was all in. Otherwise, he had no use for it. And, yeah, he probably just figured out. Tomorrow's Wednesday. I guess we're getting hot dogs. And I think also, too, the thing about dinner is that it has to happen every single night. And I feel like that's a really, like, overlooked component of why moms hate making dinner so much. I actually really love to cook. In and of itself, I think it's wonderful. And I started off my young mom years being so excited to try things. like, And after a while, they just the complaining and the whining just kind of beats you down to the point where you don't really enjoy it anymore. Especially right, when right. you realize they were just as happy with like Ritz crackers and a banana for dinner right. as they were like this like beautiful, you know, three course meal you just, you know, slaved over. And you're like, why? Why yeah, am I doing why? this? Why? Exactly. Which brings us to our second topic, you know, kind of balancing variety with ease. I used to watch cooking shows and then I would try what they did because and I'd be so excited because it was going to be this great, awesome meal it was going to turn out perfectly because it turned out perfectly on the show. And I followed all the directions, but uh, they usually didn't turn out. And one night I had made something and nobody liked it. I didn't like it. Rich didn't like it. And Rich, my husband, will eat anything and is so kind about anything. So, you know, that had to have really turned out badly. I said, I, wa- I told him, I said, I watched the show. I... I wrote down all the ingredients. I don't know what happened. And Rich said, you keep watching those cooking shows. He said, stop watching them. <laughs> like we don't, we're, we're happy with whatever you cook. You don't have to make these gourmet meals. Right. Well, and I, like I said, I really enjoy cooking, but I think like you always say like motherhood's a long game, but I also feel like dinner is a long game. Like, mm-hmm. cause I don't think you appreciate when your kids are young, just how many more dinners you have ahead of you to right. make for these children. Um, so I say pace yourself. If you, you enjoy cooking, you enjoy trying new things, you know, throw in a couple fun, new creative meals during the week, but have some basics, have some go-to so that you don't burn yourself out or, you know, your kids don't um, right. fight you every single meal or. Well, or and I feel like I made it to Michael. Michael's my seventh child. And so, you know, with your oldest, it's they're 18 years and then they move, they go to college or whatever they move out, but you're still, you're still making meals. Yeah. So by the time Michael was a senior in high school, I was going on my what, like 30th year. Oh my goodness. And I kind of just quit. Oh my goodness. Like we just, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't think I'm going to make it that far. (laughs) It's okay. If you don't, it's okay. If you don't, Michael's okay. I'm at year nine. And I'm like, Daniel and I both kind of comment to each other at like four 35. We say the specter of dinner is upon us (laughs) (laughs) and it's upon us every night. It comes every night without fail. And some nights I'm ready for it. Right. And I'm making all these fancy meals and other nights I'm like digging through the freezer or I'm saying it's cold cereal. (laughs) So, okay. So now I've, on your social media, you posted, you know, off and on with like Finn learning how to make different oh, things. Yeah. 
And I feel like you're playing this long game then really smart because I, I feel like if you can get your kids to start cooking or taking an active interest in what you do in the kitchen, mm-hmm. it pays off in spades. So as I'm sitting here also talking about, you know, being tired of making dinners, I do need to say that I've got three teenagers who are excellent in the kitchen. Oh, that's awesome. That I, I can't do it often because two of them work, but when I just really cannot bring myself to do it, I can say to the girls, you're up. And then it is kind of like dinner gets called and you're like, you show up to the table and this meal is on the table and it's kind of magic. Like, oh, well, look at Best look moment ever. I mean, I got a small piece of that. Like when Finn made his first like that, like set of brownies or cookies from start to finish, I was out of the kitchen. I showed up and there were warm, delicious cookies on the counter. I was like, and this is why I had children. Like yeah. this, this is it. Like, this, this just happened. So for dinner to be that way, yeah. I will like, I will be so excited. Be so yeah, excited. that's a great. And I, I think that's a great takeaway to involve your kids in in cooking and in the meal preparation. I think a lot of it too is giving yourself permission to not always have a great meal on the table. Mm-hmm. Embrace those nights where you have cereal. Embrace the the pancakes out of the box. You know the kind where you just like add the water. You know to make, right. to make a pancake or. Um, well, and kids don't like the, I mean, some kids do, I shouldn't say kids, all kids, but the frou-frou doesn't really, uh, really impress them. They, they just like, they like foods that they know what they are. They know what's in them. They don't like food. They're not sure if they're going to like. Totally. Daniel had his way and I'm sure my kids are right on board with him that if we would have seven meals a week, you know, one meal every night for the rest of forever. Like Monday would be spaghetti night. Friday would be pizza Friday. (laughs) And it's me who comes in and ruins it because I'm like, well, you can't possibly want pizza again. (laughs) What's the matter with you, mom? Of course we would. (laughs) And I come in, I'm like, no, you want ratatouille and you want all these crazy things. And they're like, no, we don't. So I, I do, I like stuff. I like your advice of easing into it because I think there's a good balance. I do think exposing kids to new foods, new tastes is a great thing. I, mm-hmm. One of my favorite pieces of advice in terms of eating, picky, picky, picky eaters, teaching kids how to you know, expand their horizon was my pediatrician said, if you zoom in on a toddler's diet in one day, it looks very unbalanced. You know, one day a toddler will eat only bananas and want nothing to do with meat or veggies. And then the next day they'll hate bananas and they'll want all the chicken. And you're super confused and it frustrates moms or even sometimes weeks. And she says, if you zoom all the way out into like the month view, they are getting exactly what they need. They crave and they seek after the things that their body needs. If they want green beans, one day they'll just eat so many green beans. And so she's like, her advice was keep their plate full of a variety of foods and Mm -hmm. don't force them to eat food. Don't get mad at them. Keep this positive atmosphere and offer, always offer, even if they gag and spit out broccoli, put the broccoli on the plate, you know, and I, to this day, like I have, you know, almost two year old and we put salad on his plate with everyone else, even though I know He's not going to touch the salad, but there it sits, you know, and occasionally I'll kind of see him maybe put it in his mouth or play with it, you know, and that alone is exposure. And I think the more children are exposed to unique foods and unique tasting foods, the more they're like, oh, like 
that's not going to kill me. Or maybe I do like things that are green or, you know, <laughs> well, they watch the survival rate of their siblings. They're like, okay, <laughs> four of my other siblings ate this with a hundred percent survival rate over time. So this must be okay. Great. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll venture a bite. One thing I did that my kids tended to like, it came out of frustration, but then it turned into one of the most genius things I've ever done. And um, that we call it, make it your own night. There was one night I was just tired and I had started thinking about dinner late. And one of my kids came up to me and said, what's for dinner? And I thought, oh, not again, not again. Not another day. Not another day. And I just said, you know what? It's make it your own. And they're like, what? Like, make it your own. Whatever you can make and then, you know, clean up afterwards, you can have. And they're like, and, and this, is, this also proves the point. They're like, can we have cereal? Like that was on the top of their list <laughs> was cereal. Yes, you can have cereal. Anyway, they're running around the house, shouting it out. And so um, on Friday nights just became make it your own. I remember when you first announced it and we all kind of went into the kitchen and opened the fridge and kind of tentatively looked at each other like, that was okay. Like we should to grab something like waiting for you to be like, we being tricked. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. Like, who who wouldn't want bagels for breakfast, you know, for dinner? That, that's when you kids are like snickering, like, what? Mom's not understanding what she's doing, and yeah. then mom's <laughs> snickering in the corner, and be like, I just got yeah. out of making dinner. I was a win win. chocolate chips onto my bagel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, as long as you cleaned it up, that was great. Yes. <laughs> so good. So I think the takeaways from this segment really are. We don't have to do the gourmet dinners every single night. We don't have to put that kind of pressure on ourselves. Our kids don't expect it. On the other hand, you know, there might be times to expose them to new foods, um, teach them the skills to be able to help in the kitchen, share that responsibility a little bit. But as always, you know, simplify. You know, things don't have to be complicated. We don't need five pans cooking on the stove one time in order to put dinner together. And also, if you enjoy having five pans on the stove, that's also fine as well. And I think that's the point. We do what we're comfortable with and we do, you know, what works for our families. I like that. I think to agree, like being being at peace with yourself when some days it feels natural to make something new. And right. I feel like making something new tonight. And some nights it will be cold cereal. It will be frozen food, chicken nuggets and whatever. And And being at peace with yourself that – this is okay for right now because that's right. where you're at and your, and your kids love you and that like, the, and you're yeah. feeding them, you know? Yeah, that's right. You're, <laughs> tomorrow you're is food. another day and the right. dinner will be upon you tomorrow. Being comfortable with who you are and um, not putting undue pressure on yourself. You know, I am an empty nester now and my kids, when they would come back to visit, when that first started happening, I was always really surprised when they would come through the door and now instead of, hey, mom, what's for dinner? It would be, hey, mom, can you fix your fajitas? Or, hey, mom, can you fix your spaghetti? Or whatever it was that they wanted to eat that I used to fix. And I would just be flabbergasted. I just thought, you want me to fix the very meals that you complained and whined about? Like... <laughs> Well, star starving makes the heart grow fonder for that, that, That's right. And then I, I started to realize that, that it's not the food. It's not 
they didn't, it's not my fajitas and it's not my spaghetti, although I do make a pretty mean fajita. I'm just going to throw that in there. They were wanting to relive memories and feelings. And I think that, um, that there are some benefits of sitting down together uh, as a family and, eat, and eating this food. And I know it's crazy and I know it's stressful and I know all of that. But I found, looking back, that there, there was some real um, deep memories that were embedded in my children, as crazy and chaotic as that time was for me, that are amazing. Absolutely. I think that memory is a funny thing. I think that as moms, we can look back and we can maybe see how crazy that one night was and see all kind of the flaws or I, maybe I raised my voice and, and, you know, early on when you shared that quote by C.S. Lewis, I really liked that because I look back at my family dinners and I kind of picture like us quite like passing in the right direction and making happy comments to each other. And I know for a fact, that's not the way it is, but for some reason, that's how it is in my brain. Mm -hmm. We can hope that we're creating these, maybe how falsified or, you know, whatever it is in their brains down the road. (laughs) Feelings and feelings. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. You know, and like you were saying, mom, dinner time is kind of hard because everyone's so busy um, that, you know, sometimes you don't always have all of your family home at the time that dinner's ready. And um, so I kind of decided a long time ago that I wanted to make the most of the dinners that we, are, that we were all home for. So we got this game, um, I, think, I think it's just called Dinner Games. I can't even remember what the, who makes it. But anyways, it's all these little cards and you just draw one card and it has a suggestion for a game or like a way to talk about, you know, past memories or a kind of getting, like getting to know you type things. Um, and I feel like that's kind of helped take our sitting down together to kind of another deeper level. Um, one night we kind of borrowed a scene from Notting Hill where, the, you know, they had to compete over dessert. Like who had like the most like tragic story. And there was one day that you know we were all just having a rough day and my kids were grumpy and I was grumpy and we were begrudgingly sitting down and I just had that thought let's do it let's fight over the like the last I think it was a brownie <laughs> over who had like the worst thing happen to him today and it was hilarious and by the end of it we were all laughing and I don't know it just we wouldn't have had that had we not made the effort to like sit down at the table even we were grumpy and had lots of reasons to not do right. it to be at the table together sharing a meal of sorts. And isn't it interesting that that something that is one of the most frustrating things that mothers deal with, you know, feeding, feeding kids three times a day in a couple snacks, um, ends up being one of the biggest uh, memory makers and benefits, you know, in your, in your family. Definitely. I love that. I think it's, it's perfect. I think food, you know, as a culture and has a unifying effect. And if you think back Mm -hmm. to, you know, even from the beginning of time, big events usually have kind of some kind of food or tradition surrounding food with it because those, those warm, happy feelings can be created, you know, around sharing food and it gives life and it's, you know, so as sometimes repetitive as it feels, taking Mm -hmm. that opportunity to kind of bond with your family and, Mm -hmm. Um, today actually was my son's fourth birthday and every birthday we go around the table at dinner and we 
each take a turn sharing what we love about that one person. And even in a a kind of some crazy household, my four-year-old sometimes gets lost in the chaos because he's just kind of a go with the flow. (laughs) So to have every person look him in the face and Mm. give him a compliment meant a lot to him. And I think it just, sometimes it slows us down and it makes us look at each other in our, you know, in each other's eyes and share experiences. And I think this is a great opportunity too to like discuss some problems even and mm-hmm. you know, that maybe someone is having at school or um, with friends and then siblings can help and they can give advice and they can um, talk through problems together. And I think it's a great reminder that we're like a unit and we're on mm-hmm. the same team. I like to yeah. remind my kids sometimes like you're on the same team. You know, you're fighting, but you're on the same team. The world Mm -hmm. is crazy and people can be mean, you know, let's try to be on the same team. And I think dinner time is a great time to renew that bond and be like, you know, what even this is a little bit of a tangent, but even growing up in high school, you know, we would have team dinners, like before games, Mm -hmm. we would get together and we'd share a meal together and it was bonding and there's something to be said about that and, and the power it can have in, in a family and in a home, especially if you're doing that as often as you can. Yeah, I so agree with that. And I think some of our best conversations with our children have been over a meal. And often those conversations stretched long past uh, meal time. The food was gone, but we were still sitting up at the table, you know, just just talking. And I think mm-hmm. it's, uh, to your point, I think that's really a, an amazing benefit that comes from that. And, and yes, a very very big bonding time. I even remember, you know, if you or dad wanted to talk to us about something, even, you know, if it was a little bit harder or you wanted it to have, you know, a special feel to it, we would go out to dinner or mm-hmm. if it was late at night, dad would pull out ice cream, you know, just that, right. There's that anthrop- anth- it's a anthropology term called commensality. It's the good feelings shared and felt, you know, when sharing, when sharing food with each other. And I think that that's kind of a, a a backbone of family life is is opportunities whether it's nightly dinners or birthdays or however your family can make it work work mm-hmm. um, is really essential so so at the end of this are we saying that the hassle is worth it oh yeah in the in the long game maybe maybe not in the micro <laughs> not, maybe not the micro picture but the macro no. You know, at 10 o'clock at night when my kids are sleeping and peaceful and sweet and the kitchen's clean and the oatmeal's (laughs) over. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ask me at 530 with sweat running down my face and crying at me that they hate whatever I've spent an hour making. I don't know. But right now, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. So true. But I promise you that there will be a day in the future when your children come back home for a visit and will start asking you for all those meals you made that they told you they didn't like, hang in there. Uh, dinner and food prep is always a challenge to find the balance of what works and what doesn't, but it is also a wonderful way to foster family memories, spawn some great discussions, and take some time as a family to remind each other, as Natalie so well put, that you are all on the same team. Thank you so much to Stephanie and Natalie for this great discussion. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and encourage you to listen uh, not only to this one, but to others, both on my website, onemomtoanother.com. You can then just click the podcast tab 
or you can go directly to webtalkradio.net. And remember, you are doing better than you think. I need some heart.